And now for something completely different. Welcome to Super Fight Freaks. I'm your host, the H-Town Hitler. I'm joined by my boy, D-Raz, the Chinatown coon. D-Raz, let me know how you're doing. Let me know you're out there. I'm out here, guys. I'm alive and well. And uh, I'm excited for this week's episode. I shouldn't say this week's. I'm excited for this iteration of Super Fight Freaks. It's not really on a weekly basis, but, you know, when they come, they come hot. And that's what everyone needs to recognize. Yeah, and I think that this is a, a, almost a good timing, man. We're, uh, what, are we two? Uh, on my time, we're two hours away from the, uh, the start of the next UFC card. And uh, mm-hmm. this main card is actually, uh, you know, I, I feel like such a bitch for getting excited about it, but it's a pretty good card. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know of a Mazadal Usman. I legitimately don't know any of the fights on the card. I think okay. Valentin Shevchenko. Yeah, we got the broads, Masvidal Usman, and then uh, the Shevchenko is going to fight uh, the Brazilian chick who looks like a dude. Andrade. Andrade, yeah. And then uh, you got the Polish girl with the tits. Joanna? Uh, Joanna, she's – oh, wait, no, no, no. Is she fighting? No, she's not fighting. I think it's Weili Zhang versus Rose Namahunas, maybe? Yeah, okay, yeah. And that's a fight I'm hey. actually excited for. Yeah, very – yeah, that is actually – Two of the, some of the best, under most underrated women, I think, and fighters for that matter. They're very underrated. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty hyped for that, man. And then the uh, so so that's three fights, and then there's um, Uriah Hall is going to begin to Chris Weidman. Oh, okay, nice, nice. I do and like there's that. another pretty nice fight. I can't think what it is off the top of my head, but uh, well, I can pull up the card real fast. Actually, you know, I think uh, I already got it. I, I'm I'm trying to guess, and I've I've done the legwork. That, Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crew. That opens up the show. Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crew. I'm not familiar with Jimmy Crew, so I can't say. Uh, you okay. know, he, he's got a uh, okay. he's Whaley Zang, Valentina Shevchenko, Joe. So we got yeah, you got a lot of Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crew. You're right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's else on here. It's a you know, okay card. Like yeah. Um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So look, since the last time we connected with you guys, a lot of shits went down. Uh, wrestling. Uh, absolutely embarrassed itself again with uh, WrestleMania over two nights. We're not going to talk about that for a long time, but Diego, did you watch that? d did you watch Listen, that? Uh, I'm not going to say wrestling embarrassed itself. I'm coming to the point, at least in the last month or so, and in my opinion, for the foreseeable future, wrestling of the three sports, wrestling is my favorite sport. And uh, if you want to call it a sport, it's certainly uh, my favorite form of entertainment. I, I like some of WrestleMania and you know, I like being involved in the wrestling uh, culture. I don't really like... Uh, I don't like boxing. being involved in it. I like just uh, seeing, like, almost like from a mountaintop far away. Yeah, I like, I like scoffing at the culture. Yeah, I exactly. like being aware of the culture and declaring myself, you know, smarter, more intellectual than them, you know. Th- th- that's what I like. Doing. Yeah, I like being aware of the culture, scoffing at it, looking down upon it. Uh, did you watch it both nights? No, 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 I didn't watch any nights. Uh, they both concluded, and then I just picked the matches that were either real embarrassing or really good, and I went back and watched them. Okay, so I watched, I watched about four matches from both, through both nights. I think I watched most of night one, I think, uh, but not really watching it. Like, you know, we'd go walk the dog, we do this, we do that, and it was just always playing. Um, okay. But as soon as the main event started, which was Cassandra Lamingo versus, I don't know, oh, Sasha Banks and then the other black chick. Bianca Belair. As soon as that graphic came up, uh, my wife looked at the screen and she's like, what is this? You know, she doesn't watch. She doesn't care. uh, You know, but she she was watching for a couple of giggles, a couple of goofs. And when she saw that, uh, she was like, that's the main event. 
And I was like, yeah, it's two black women. And she just said, oh, that, that's ridiculous, you know? And I said, I agree. We closed it out. We did not watch the main event. Uh, I will it, say this about that main event. Uh, I don't know if you listen to the Jim Cornette podcast, but anyone out here listening to it certainly should. Uh, the, he, I feel bad because uh, he was talking. No, he's a complete bitch. He, he, he came no, out with some heat. He wouldn't go that's in all the way. Let me, let me do it. Let me tell you. That's what I'm saying. He came out the very first time he spoke about it. I felt bad. I feel it's, it's not right. He came out and he said what he felt. And to me, he hit the nail on the head that these women. No, he back. He, he didn't fully drive that nail at first. But when he you got to let him finish, when he first did it, he did. He was saying that these women shouldn't be in the main event. I don't care how good they are, however you think you are, two, two, you know, 120 pound uh, girls. Aren't, that's not the main event of WrestleMania. And then uh, through all the backlash, all of his supposed cult of Cornette, all of them came and told him he was wrong. And then he did. He had to do that, Pharaoh. And I felt no, bad. No, you don't. They made, they, he didn't have. To, they made him do that. You know, there was so much backlash for him. But he had to – he said it right. I'm going to – I hope he's listening. And I'm going to let him know, Jim, you got it right the first time. And I know you don't really feel the way you, you – know, I know that's how you really feel, and I agree. Look, he didn't go far enough. I'll say that. The, the, the only bit of commentary he missed No was one's going to go far enough for you, man. I'm gonna, I'll say that. No one will ever go as far, you know, far enough. Am I the only one that wants to be real? Am I the only one who just wants to say what they're thinking? Is that so no. bad? No, no, it's not. Diego, Go why ahead. was that the main Go event? I'll cut you off for the last time. Why was that the main uh, event? There were, there, were, there were two women. No, that's not all. You're not, you see, <laughs> even you, you're too scared to say it. No, Look, I know why. There were two, there were two black Look, women. Yeah, female joggers. I don't know what you want to call them. That's what they were. Uh, I, like, I have a bunch of other names I could say I won't. This, is, you know, this isn't for that. You, know. uh, you have to admit, and I will say, Sasha Banks, and I watched that match. That was one of the matches, one of the five matches I watched. She was over. Sasha Banks was very oh, over. God, Diego, yeah. Oh, my. Over for who? For the fucking cuck, uh, soy boy, fat, soft, uh, pudgy midgets minute. that are in the crowd over there and for the Twitterverse? That's not over. Do what? I will say this. I will say this. You know, something I do a lot, and when we get off on a tangent, I'm going to let you bring it all the way back. But, um, uh, what I like to do, what, what motivates me when I'm doing my training or when I'm doing anything, I, even when I'm at work washing dishes, sometimes I'll put it up, I'll prop it up, and, and I'll watch it while I'm washing the dishes on my phone. Uh, I watch the, uh, uh, I watch the Rock Austin WrestleMania 17 promo, the hype package. Dude. And sometimes I'll even put on the match, and I'll watch the match. I'll watch the entrances, and nothing gets my – it's still to this day. And we're actually just recently – we just passed – it was April 1st. We just passed – the uh, 20 year anniversary of that. And to me, that's, that's one of the highest points in wrestling. It, you know, the, pretty much the last match of the attitude era, one of the hottest points in the business. Um, yeah. And I'll go back and watch that. Yeah, I will admit, yeah, those guys were over. That's the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, you know, I was fucking two years, I was, you know, three years old or whatever, four years old. No, I was three years old when that match happened. And uh, I don't know any of the build or anything. All I can see is that promo and see their entrances and I'm hot for that match. And I, you don't have to explain it to me. I know this is the last. This is what we all came here to see. With these two guys, no, no gimmicks, nothing, just, just a good old fight. And, and, of course, that's not what you're going to get with. But you're not going to get that. Honestly, you're not going to get that with anybody these days. I think you would have got a little bit more at the night two main event, which is the real main event. It's just gay. It's just gay. That, that's what it is. It's catering to trannies. You're catering yeah. to the black anime fans that watch. You know, we're, we're – 
you got this big product with what's supposed to be, we're told is massive appeal, right? All these networks are throwing billion dollar deals, million dollar deals. And yet the show is catered to like this small section of faggotry and degeneracy and debauchery. And we're all supposed to cheer it on. You know, you got Finn Balor uh, a couple years ago uh, coming out for his WrestleMania oh, entrance. Oh, oh. So but a trannies behind him cheering and jumping and hollering. What are you doing? You're, you know, you got this global you're, thing. You're, you're catering. Boy. Yeah. You're well, not then. Never man. since then. He he uh, he needs to go hang himself. And you, I don't you, know about your boy, but uh, Conan, uh, they they dip their toe on that him and Ryback. I don't know if you listened to that that recent episode, but it was uh, with him and it was like one of the rehash episodes. But they had him and Ryback and some other ones, and it was kind of funny. I've never even heard Ryback like talk. I thought he was an idiot, mm-hmm. but uh, he was talking, and you know, and he sounded like a regular guy. It doesn't sound like he's four hundred and fifty pounds solid muscle. But he was talking, and then he was like, yeah, you know, I." they were like, you a fan of wrestling? And then he was like, well, he's like, yeah, I, I liked wrestling. I liked Rock and Austin. And he was like, and I remember one time my dad took me to a show. And then uh, he was like, but that was like a big moment for me. He's like, well, we went to the show. And then uh, he's like, I saw all these people. And I'll admit, I'm in, I was a little bit like this, but nowhere near what he was talking about. But he was, you know, I saw people with the replica title belts. And I saw all these people wearing shirts and shit. And he's like, He's like, and they're dumb-looking shirts, but it's just, I guess it has the guy that, like, on them. And I asked my dad, what's wrong with all these people? And they bleeped it out, but I think he said, you know, well, they're fucking gay. You know, there's something wrong with them. They're fucking stupid. And then Ryback said, he's like, you know, I was never a fan like that. He's like, I liked other things. He's like, now you have wrestling fans where all they like is wrestling. You know, and it's it's not it's not good. And then, and then they actually went up to talk. I don't know if you heard. You know what I'm talking about? No, I, I, don't, I don't think I listened to that. Uh... Yeah, you should listen to it. He was talking about okay. how now in every, you know, every locker room is LGBT. Well, that's what know. I'm saying. You got this thing that's supposed to be this big global property, right, that's international, and you're catering to just these small slices of debauchery and faggotry and degeneracy. I, I, I don't want to see, you know, okay, so what, what's next year? Fine, next year is going to be the first Jewish tranny title match. I, well, I'm not Jewish. I'm not a tranny. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm, I'm it's, it's fine that, like, I'm fine if you want to be LGBT like that. And you should like, that's none of my business, but don't make the wrestling show about that. You know, that's what's, that's my, <sighs> yeah, they're that. just, it, it, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, uh, I like night two better. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, shitted on that night more, but I didn't really watch night one, I guess. Uh, I, I kind of found night two enjoyable for some reason. There was like a 30 minute women's tag match, but, uh, you know, that was funny I enough. <laughs> I do like to see the women cosplay a bit as wrestlers. It's just hilarious to me. I guess that, that, that for me is when I enjoy wrestling when I'm, when I'm on that mountaintop and I'm looking at this like small degenerate town and just laughing, you know, I'm not watching that as a viewer. I don't care if Natalia wins the title. It's just funny to see yeah. her cartwheel around and shit, you know, what do you uh, that triple threat main event? Triple threat main event. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. You know, and look, I've said this so many times, but it, it just really takes me out. There, there's times in these matches where they zoom in and zoom out with the camera so hard. I don't know what the move was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, honestly, I can't get behind. There's every now and again, it makes sense, but I could not. And honestly, this is – I'll blame Jim Cornette on this, but I, when there's no rules in the match and it's a no disqualification match, it'll almost always take me out of it. Because of unless it makes sense, unless it's fucking, you know, Triple H, like it was Triple H versus Batista. Okay, that was a match like, that I was excited for, no rules. Okay, that, that's a good idea. And it was a good match, you know, whatever. I can do it. But this time, it didn't make any sense to me. And uh, when they were doing the concerto spot where they were both dead on the chairs and Edge went out to get another chair, 
I remember thinking like, oh, this, is, this is fake. Like this is, I, I clearly, that takes me out of it. You know, are you trying to win the match or are you not trying to win the match? I, I didn't like that. There, there was a lot of this. It was good, but there was a lot of parts in that match that took, you know, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Really should have just been a one-on-one match. Yeah. Edge it, versus Roman Reigns. It, it's okay. It was like, you know, the best match, I guess. Oh, and I really love how the show opened with uh, The Fiend versus uh, Randy Orton. I mean, a horrible match, horrible oh, concept. I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that. Oh, it was so garbage. It was entertaining. I loved it. That, that, that's awesome. That's a good watch just to see how silly. No, and how crazy. That, that, the Fiend, it's turned me off of – I never want to see Bray Wyatt. I used to like Bray Wyatt. I never want to see him wrestle again. It's turned me off of Alexa Bliss. And the longer Randy Orton's in it, it turns me off of Randy Orton. Like that, I hate that whole I, thing. I love it because I just want to see how far they can shove their head up their own ass you know, while booking these shows. And they're getting pretty far. It's you know, uh, is when he did that match against John Cena last year, I really liked it. But it's because it happened one time, and I can excuse it. And I'm not a big stick in the mud as Cornette is about it. But the older I get, I'm like, or the, the more they do it, I'm like, okay, like this, this is not professional wrestling anymore. This isn't WWE. This is so weird and stupid. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the one thing I enjoy. You know, I, I just love to see. You know, and it always surprises me. Like, oh, wow, they really – you know, they shoved their head even further up their ass than I, you know, than I previously thought possible. Or, or I thought there's no way they'd get the green light to stick their head up their own ass that far. And, and they always do and they're leaning into it. So, so that's great. Uh, look, uh, the last thing I want to say about wrestling, and this just sums it up, the, the absolute state of things. You know, if you're not a wrestling fan, if you used to watch wrestling, I, I look at you with tears in my eyes and a dead expression. And I tell you, you know, if only you knew how bad things really are. Because that's where we are right now, man. Uh, Alistair Black, uh, former indie shitter, uh, current indie shitter. I, I don't know how to describe him, but, but he's like the new skinny undertaker, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, he, yeah, he completely breaks character while he's rehabbing his fucking broken back. I, I don't know what he, but he wasn't on TV for a long time. And he's doing these uh, Instagram lives, I believe, with his little rat-faced wife and, uh, they're there, and I guess some black guy joins the uh, the IG live session or whatever. Dude, and he starts shoot crying about Black Lives Matter. Tears in his eyes, and his little rat face girlfriend's like petting his back and shit. And it's just hilarious, and it's like, dude, just imagine that. Imagine The Undertaker, you know, like in 2002, going on Instagram live and crying about the fucking LA race riots. It's just, it wasn't in 2002, but yeah, yeah. 9-11 would have been a more apropos type of thing, but yeah. And that would have been more reasonable. And Undertaker did go through that. And, you know, I didn't see – and he was the American badass back then. And I didn't see him shed one tear in regards to that event. It was just silly, man. I, I saw that, that's where we are right now in wrestling. Uh, look, a lot of things happened this month. <laughs> like, you know what's so weird? This last thing we were talking about wrestling and just about wrestling as a whole. I've been watching more AEW lately, honestly, than WWE. Because that one is funny to me. That one I really am standing atop the mountain and – laughing it's oh that crazy. one is so it's so unenjoyable it's so close like okay i love the lighting right i love the setup of the show the commentary even though it's horrible it's 10 oh, times better than wwe right so well, much better teams, yeah the, i don't think they have scripts it's horrible but yeah at least it's not michael cole should he should never be all out there. it's not michael cole it's every single one of them they're soulless it's just it's terrible yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not real i like the some scaled down version of aw aw is like a mom and pop type of thing you know, still, well, they just but, get it right visually. It looks great. Like I'm saying, the lighting the setup, yeah. it looks like a yeah. wrestling show. You know, yeah, I like it. But yeah, they're con- they're such. Yeah, their head is. I don't know what it is. They're, they're definitely writing it's a show. Fun to watch to me. Yeah, they're Sorry. definitely writing a show for the five thousand members of the wrestling Twitter community. Like that's who the show's geared to. Oh, my point is, um, 
you know, most people who do boxing, uh, they, uh, or any sport, you know, they look up to LeBron James if you're a basketball player and you emulate him. And of course, we've talked about Mike Tyson ad nauseum and we emulate this guy. Everyone does that. And I would think it's really easy to do with wrestling. You know, that would be really easy to do if you, the only reason you get into wrestling is because it couldn't be because you have a natural, you know, you get into basketball maybe because you're tall and then you pick the guys. You get into wrestling just because of guys and you go into wrestling because of Stone Cold or because of The Undertaker or because of whoever, right? Yeah. And it's like, I think, don't you want to be like The Rock or don't you want to be like Stone Cold and don't you want to be like those guys? And aren't these, I mean, don't these guys know they're, they're nothing like any wrestlers ever? Who does like the biggest bunch of pussies of all time? I don't know. I just, to me, yeah, no, like, it's, it's, it's exactly. Uh, especially on AEW, that's what I like. Like, you guys don't even work out. Like, it's fucking embarrassing. Well, I, I've been watching, uh, like, I, I've, I've been on the only like wrestling I've been doing, and now I can't really do it anymore because they haven't put WCW Nitro on the Peacock. But the only like consistent wrestling I've been watching, other than like from the mountaintop where I see clips and, and uh, shit posts and all that. The only thing I watched was like Nitro because, you know, that's it kind of brings back the nostalgia, but I never watched Nitro growing up. So I'm seeing all these things like actually for the first time. And Are yeah, you're, going, dude, just, you're, you're watching it chronologically, you're going back to like watch more Nitro. Yeah, I started in 96, right before like a couple of weeks before uh, the Hulk Hogan shit or when the Outsiders came, when they made their first appearance. Like that's the first Nitro I watched. And I'm, I'm all the way up until like, I don't know, October or maybe August or September of 1997. Okay, so over a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, week by week, dude, you just see these guys that just look like they could fucking crush you. And you kind of forget, they're like, oh, shit, this is why wrestling used to be cool. Like, you know, wow. I mean, just every every match was guys that just looked like they'd rip your fucking neck off, you know. And then now you look, it's like Marco Stunt and fucking MJF, you know. And MJF is supposed to be in good shape. MJF is is, is 5'6" you know <laughs> yeah he is in good shape the funny thing is he's actually in good shape by today's standards but i mean that's where we are today yeah but, all right let's get off of this this sickening uh autist uh look uh, look we're back guys we're gonna talk about fights now uh real fights uh there's, there's been a lot going on uh since we lost talk and I, I think one of the biggest things was uh the whole Askren versus paul shenanigans and look man i bought the roy jones versus tyson pay-per-view i bought it Paid my 50 bucks, right? I bought this one, not because I thought it'd be a good show, but because, you know, I was going to be at dad's house. I don't have my PC to like really stream flawlessly. So I was like, you know, I don't want to deal with any of that. I just want to watch the fight and relax. So I bought that one too. Dude, I will never give them a dime again. And I know Tiafima Lopez is going to fight on there. I don't care who it is. I will never give that company another dime. Easily the worst show of anything I've ever seen before. Well, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't go for it. I didn't fall for it. I didn't spend any money. But a lot of people I've heard on Twitter and a lot of celebrities have also said that it was the worst show they've ever seen by far. Yeah, and, like, the first one was bad, but it was also kind of good. And it's like, okay, they had Jamon's logo. It looked like they were trying something, yeah. Yeah, and they had Jamonjlo come out there and rap songs that you remember from, like, seven years ago. And I was like, you know, okay, you know, this is kind of stupid, but, you know, whatever your show I, yeah i guess i'd you know it's either this or fucking watch the same highlight we, we've seen to promote this you know and ask gary sanders what he thinks you know okay i guess but this was just i mean probably 64 70 30 70 percent singing and it was all these fucking joggers that i've never seen before never heard before it, it was absolute i mean literally like one, one of these uh 
whores uh, she was singing. And like the first line of the song was, it was like play with my pussy, not with my emotions or something. It's like, oh, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, that's, just, I mean, you know, just thinking about opening her asshole, it oh, just yeah. too much. And, and just too stupid. Who are they marketing oh, it to? Too, too much for a long time. They're marketing it to the lowest common. I know that the lowest common. I know all the joggers and the former Nigers out there. I know they love this shit. But wouldn't the, the, the joggers who bought this, don't they, they want to see to fights? It. Yeah, the ones who bought this yeah, are not spending $50 to watch a rap concert. Or else you would have gone to the rap concert. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And they're, they're letting this... But. This white guy covered in tattoos, he's walking around freestyling with the mic, like doing interviews. And I don't know who he is. I, I've seen him a bunch of times. Like, I know he's popular, I guess. And uh, he's not funny. I know he's from oh, SNL. He, he's like not that. funny. He has no charisma. Peter Davidson or Peter, Peter uh, I don't know, Peter Dinklage or yeah, Pete you know, like Gingrich. That. He's not funny. No natural. Look, I don't like Jim Carrey, but you give Jim Carrey a mic and he's going to make it entertaining. He's going to have some charisma. Right. This is just a guy like, oh, my God. And the whole broadcast over and over was we smoke weed, we drank. <sighs> what? And I don't want to get into this big philosophical thing or anything like that. It's too much. You know, we're a Christian society. And that, that is very far. That has gone a long way from Christianity. It's gone a long way, gone a long way from Jesus. It's gone a long way from what God is where we are today. And if that's where society is going, I'll tell you what, you know, they're going straight to hell. Look, I'm going to say this, and this is a shoot. I'm looking at my guy, and this is a shoot. Uh, going look, off YouTube. Yeah, we're going off YouTube right now. <laughs> you told me that I guess uh, Snoop Fuck bought this company. Yeah, that yes. he's the one running it now. And I don't know who was running it the first time. It was bad, but it's like as soon as you give these people control of anything, and they try to recreate or they try to like this is our version of this. It's always just it never fucking works. I mean, this was well, Phil, it's not only that it doesn't work; it's worse. Every category about it got worse. Everything got worse. And then it makes you think, okay, why did it get worse? Is it an IQ thing? And then if it is an IQ thing, is that IQ, you know, are they predisposed genetically? It's just, you know, there's a lot of questions. I'm not giving you any answers. I'm just asking yeah. you questions. Maybe you can give me the answers, but there's a problem here. And then don't get me started on crime statistics and things like that because we'll be here oh, all whoa, day. Whoa, whoa. We'll be here all day. But, yeah. uh, you know, this to the point is, that's their society and they can have that society, but it's not any society that they, you know, that this isn't, this one isn't for them. This is ours. We need to take it back. This is a call to action. Everyone out there. This is our world. This is our nation. We need to do something about it. But that, that'd be for another episode on another podcast. Yeah. Not necessarily the next episode, but no, who knows? Also not saying it's not going to be the next episode. No, no, I, 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 I'm not calling anyone out specifically. I'm not calling out any group specifically. I'm just saying, they got very far away from, from the tenets that, you know, made us great, made us a great nation and, and uh, made boxing a great sport. They got away from that formula. And, and, all, and, and if you think – I it, want to bring them back to that formula. If you're out there and you're saying, you guys, H-Town Hitler, Chinatown Kuhn, D-Raz, you guys are being a little too hard. It was one show. Well, uh, look, you can go – here. Type this in into YouTube. Go ahead and watch clips of the Candace Owens and an assorted group of joggers doing their own debate in the vein of every other debate that's ever been watched, you know, and, and go ahead and look what it devolved into. Uh, that was not a fault. That was through no fault of Candace Owens, though, I will say that. Well, Some of them, there are exceptions to every rule, Pharaoh, and she is certainly the exception to the rule. Well, um, 
you know it's it's, it's, it's it's funny you look at a, like uh barstool sports right uh they, they do these rough and rowdy cards you know and, and i was watching clips of like the latest one or the last one or i don't know i think i think they've just recently done one and i was watching clips of that and really comparing it to uh the askren versus paul show and it's like you know both of these are like almost advertised as kind of shit shows or if it's not advertised you know what you're getting into it's going to be yeah, a shit show but they do it so much better and it's funny and they're even though the, everything's mocking there's even in their joking way their faux professionalism is just so much more professional than whatever that was oh it was not professional at all and then you have guys like oscar de la hoya who you know i hope he never gets you know i hope he never gets his hand raised in a boxing ring ever again. I mean, he was in the kill motherfucker. I mean, he, he's an embarrassment, a disgrace to his family, that man. Yeah. First and foremost, I, I, I will, you know, and not to say that I, I've been offered or anything like that, but if I ever do get the chance, I will, I will never work for that man. I hope young fighters around, around, around the world never do. That, that dude's an embarrassment. And then you have the guy who took the knee on the phantom low blow, whatever. He should have been executed in that ring, right? When, when they did the yeah. fourth replay of him not getting his, someone should have pulled out a pistol, pulled the trigger on the back of his head, let his brain splatter all over the ground. He should have, he should never be allowed to walk again. That was a, that dude, that rat face motherfucker. That's an embarrassment. That dude's a fucking embarrassment. He should have been executed. And I, I, I tell you, you oh, go ahead. Sorry. Again. No, I'm go saying ahead. if you're not going to execute him in the ring, don't ever let him box again. That was fucking embarrassing. Look, my political dichotomy has shifted. It, it's, it shifts rapidly and further. I, I, it shifted so far, I would think at some point I'm going to make a full 360 and be where I was like seven years ago. Maybe that's going to happen. But where I'm currently at now is I now see that fascism is the only answer. You know, we do need some very, just a military type, uh, you know, just a fucking rule with the iron thumb rule that's that's kind of what we need right now and I, I was if i was that fascist person who was in charge of fucking everything and if i were watching that show from a couple weeks ago Askin versus paul uh, i would have been very close to shutting it down multiple times but I, i'll tell you when i would have had my guys go in there and that would have been the, the exact moment in the fallout of that uh who was it uh rougarou what's his name Rogue regis progre or regis, regis yeah Kelly regis progre against Elton Skyder or whatever. Oh, yeah. the red cack, the rat face. Yeah, yeah, the red cock. Rat yeah. Rat boy, yeah. As as soon as when, when that when the fallout of that fight was playing out and Snoop Dogg stood up and winked at Rugaroo and was like, uh, don't worry about it. hey, that's okay. Uh uh-uh, hey, you good? I, as soon as he uttered those lines, I would have gave the signal, <laughs> go in there, and they would have fucking descended from the ceilings, burst through the doors. And look, you wouldn't be hearing about any of those guys ever again. Rougarou, perhaps, you know, misguided. Askren maybe would have yeah, been allowed right. to come out. It's very small. Even maybe uh, the former Niger and Jake Paul, he would have been pulled out. Everybody else, I'm sorry. It's over. It's done. Uh, yeah, so I would, I would grab the mic and it would be a shoot. I, I would say, listen to everybody, you know, who bought this, you will be refunded. You're looking right at the hard camera when this is happening too. Right? Yeah, yeah, camera one on me, camera three on me. Where do I need to look? You know, boom, I'm dead center in the, in the camera. Uh, this is over, we've seen enough of this. This is done. And then the, the cameras would be pointed to the ground and you would hear screams. You would hear, without the tap pat, you'd hear all kinds of sounds and the, the stream would eventually go off the air because the technical people, the people in the booths, people in the back, they're all going too. Everybody's yeah. fucking going. 
And You'd have to pepper in a few soft resistings in there just to make sure. They had to hit that, you know, just to make sure that uh, yeah, you, you put a few stop resistings in there, it makes it look like it's their fault. So that that's how that's whoever was that's spared would be sent back to their homeland, their real homeland, you know, not Chicago, not fucking LA, where they actually come from. That's where they would be sent. But we're fucking done. We're, that's over with. This thing is done. You know, yeah, there's and, a few guys who probably didn't know what they were getting into. Like you said, the Rougarou and the the Ben Ashford. He even said before we went out, they said, "I just want to apologize for being a part of this show." And, uh, Look, Askren would have been sent back to Cincinnati, wherever he comes from. Rougarou, uh, him and his family will be spared, but he is not going to be boxing out of New Orleans anymore. If he's going to be boxing, it's going to be out of the fucking Congo or whatever he's really <laughs> I was from. just about to say, you can keep fighting, but your training camp is being relocated. Yeah, you, you will not be here anymore, you know, and, and that's unfortunate. And that's unfortunate. I wouldn't be happy about doing it, but it, it needs to be done. Um, it's a zero tolerance. That's what a zero tolerance policy is. Yeah. Know? I, I didn't know what to talk about the actual fight. You know, uh, I, I said bullets in my head. I was picking Paul. But, uh, you know, I really did believe if Askren could have made it out the first couple of rounds, I think Paul was just the, – the, 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 the wind was just coming out of him. Everything he threw was super hard. Yeah. And, you know, he's a uh, – he, you know, he's – to quote the great Oscar De La Hoya, you know, he's a balloon that's just slowly deflating. And yeah, I, I think true. he would have been fucking on rubber legs in a couple of rounds. Uh, they were but, honestly really even that first round. Ben Ashkin was actually doing an okay job of nullifying uh, Paul. For, I mean, it only went for like two and a half minutes. Yeah. Well, what you first, saw with, with that Ashkin fight's a cataclysm of what so much of boxing, I'd say about what 95% of boxing is, is you get prospects and they're brought up the ladder and, you know, like the white chocolate. What, what's his name? Nikita Bibby. Okay, Nikita Bibby, right? So, so – you know, our father's a big proponent of Nikita Bibby. You know, he's, he was a big pro-white chocolate guy. And I said, you know, it's hard to tell right now. He's going to begin there against heavy bags. And the first time he fights some black shitter who's just going to punch him back and is not scared of him, it's nothing. And it's like, you, oh, yeah, you know, so many of these guys, bad. when you push back, when you swim against the current, you find out there's nothing there. You know, and, yeah. and quickly if Jake Paul, you know, just even just a little bit of confident pressure by Askren, you know, you saw okay, – I, I, look, I know he took his head off in about, what, two minutes 45, but you could kind of see it. That yeah, he, I saw right there that, okay, yeah, like, he's no fun. And I was thinking, like, okay, if he keeps this up for three rounds, he'd probably win the fight because he was already, yeah, really not – over, those overhands are missing wildly. Like, he was doing sure. fine. Uh, like, oh, yeah, this is not bad. This is a winnable fight. And then, oh, yeah, you know, he, he got – he flew too close to the sun, so to speak. But. Yeah, that's what I saw when it was eight rounds. I was like, holy shit, if Askren doesn't get him out of there. I mean, if Paul doesn't win in three, which he should, you know, it's, that's going to be a very rough night. But, uh, yeah, you know, so, what? Uh, look, where does Paul go from here? They're talking about matching him up against the dumb fuck who was 8-0, whatever, from the first fight of the night. Yeah, go ahead. Nobody's going to watch that. Your show is finished. I'll never watch it again. We're never going to speak of it again. Teofimo Lopez, right. I feel bad for him. That's a, this is a strong warning. You need to back out now. Oh, oh my God. I was just about to say that. Like, dude, if I was Tefimo Lopez or if I was not even on the, if I was just on that card, I would say, yeah, look, I don't care how it looks. Uh, I'm going to back, I'm backing out. I'll say, hey, I'm not fighting on there. I'm not fighting there. You need to find a replacement. And then if anyone asked me why I would do it, I would say it's not because of an injury. It's not because of COVID, not because of anything. It's because I don't want to be associated with uh, the production, the, the Triller's production. I don't want to be associated with that. So I'm backing out. You can say I'm scared, whatever. I'm not fighting. That's what I would do. I would say, I'm, no, I'm not fighting. I'm not doing it. All right, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And uh, D-Raz, uh, I, I want you to tell me what you think about this. Uh, this was WrestleMania weekend, you know, so it's, this is not even topical anymore. But I, I got to bring it up. This is a shoot. It's not a joke. But uh, 
and I, and I hate to say this because you know this, this is where if we if we had another podcast this is where we went wrong on this type of thing i'm not saying we did have one but if we did if we and, were, and if you listen to that one you know what we're talking about this is the type of mistake a rookie would make that's all yeah this is the, i'm about to make potentially a rookie mistake but I, i'm gonna get into it look man uh, a couple of weeks ago uh wrestlemania weekend in fact i was driving and i, I was in a situation where my car you know, because of traffic, it wasn't going to get to that light anytime soon. I was way in the back. Um, you know, so I'm forced to sit near this parking lot. And uh, sure. look, I got major heat with the Blacks in Tulsa. Okay. Uh, right. They were having a very disruptive concert in a, uh, it was like a party city slash Denny's parking lot. Okay. Uh, it was loud. Uh, the equipment they had was echoey. It sounded like shit. Uh, <laughs> All of the singers, you know, they were they were apparently doing gospel. They all looked and sounded like hogs, uh, <laughs> you know. And uh, look, I'll say this: it was hey, was, this, was this in remembrance of anybody, or was it? I don't know what it was. Hogs? It was a bunch of hogs out it there sweating. In remembrance of somebody. <sighs> yeah, I I don't know, you know, and I have some theories about that. I'm gonna get into, but they they were singing gospel, you know. Okay. This was on a Saturday. Look, and, and it was Christian. They get points for that. But, I, you know, look, I'm not going to speak for the Lord. But something <laughs> tells right. me the Lord, you know, would have appreciated it more had it not sounded like a bunch of indie shitty jobbers out there. You know, uh, only, you know and, and this is really the kind of thing. It sounded so bad. The production was so off. It, it was so loud and fucking echoey. Completely, and I'll say this too, destroyed the function of that parking lot. People are pulling into Party City, and they can't get to the other parking spots. People are are, are trying to leave Best Buy. And Wait, they, they didn't rent out the parking lot? Oh, Diego, look, I'm not, I, that is these did not look like the type of people that took the time to get permits. Yeah, the city permits. No, this was, they just fucking, this was an indie shit show. And uh, <laughs> look, it, it was so bad, I'm almost thinking that this might have been some kind of psyop to kind of demoralize real christians like myself you know because I'm, I'm watching this and i'm thinking okay we're on the same team apparently and i got nothing in common with these people uh so yeah it might have been some kind of uh jewish psyop yeah you know meant okay. to demoralize i don't know uh yeah and they definitely didn't secure any any of the proper permits to be banging on those drums uh really clogged up clogged up the, the Quiznos parking lot and I, I don't know the, I also got, like was thinking is this Wrestlemania weekend related because usually there's a lot of outdoor festivities leading up to it and usually yeah you'd expect that on a pre, in a pre-COVID times yeah usually there would be yeah a couple of parades or, or something like that you know some city-wide function usually. yeah and I didn't know if this was like some type of Sasha Banks and you know like happy <laughs> of the the Jumanjala uh, fight yeah, that I was gonna I, I don't I don't know what do you think man uh, yeah, <laughs> is that why you I actually it had a picture of it. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. I actually have a picture I can text you, um, <laughs> so you can see that just what I'm talking about, man. And yeah. it just, just not necessary, not appropriate. Is this why traffic is backed up, or uh, I don't know? I, I mean, I don't know, man. Up. Yeah, look, okay, I'm, I'm gonna send this to you, and I just. Take, take a look you know, at that. People okay. at home can't see it. But, the people uh, can only, I just want you to see that I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. It's, it's, it's a poor picture, but you have to zoom in. But you can see the group of hogs out there. And well, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> yeah, it is what you see. 
<laughs> okay, I see it. I do see it. I believe it was, yeah, probably. It's probably for some youth football team. They're probably getting money for new uniforms or whatever. Looks like there's some sort of donation station set up. Yeah, and they got a couple of these joggers posted on the perimeter, and one of them <laughs> had a sign saying drive-through prayers. Well, drive through what? You know, because I am thinking about driving through that fucking crowd uh, and seeing what I hit. But, you know, drive through what? Like, there's no second. You haven't thought this through. Is this what you thought it was going to look like? Where do I donate? You know, not, nothing is thought of another step. Well, in you know, and this goes back to the whole, you know, is it hereditary? Is it genetic yeah. type of thing? It goes back to that. So that's all I'm going to say there. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting worked up thinking about that event. And that's not where this <laughs> well, should go. As bad as you were making it seem. But I will say folks, looks, yeah, they were, it's like they were hawking for. No, yeah, that picture doesn't do it justice to how bad and how disruptive it was. It was. They were hawking for money, it looks like to me, but. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk a no, little about. Is there? Terrible. I'm trying to think what else happened in this in this month of fights. Uh, we did touch on last episode. We gave about a 10 second preview, and I think in that 10 seconds, I did predict what was going to happen. I said it was a shit show versus a never was and a former two big contender. I'm talking about uh, Lamangelo Curtis versus what Carl Frampton? Who was that? Oh, that was uh, Jamel Herring versus Carl Frampton. No, it wasn't Jamel Herring. Was it Jamel Herring versus Carl Frampton? Okay, I'm thinking Jerron Ennis. You see these Jumanjula names, they do, they're very similar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jerron Ennis versus, uh, oh, man, Sergey Lipinets. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about Herring versus Frampton, if you will. You know, uh, look, I'm a big Teddy Atlas guy. I love his podcast. I, I love the show. But, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know what You have had your criticisms of Teddy Atlas before, and you've talked about how he, he, he seemed to drone on a lot of times about, uh, minute details of things. So a lot of times he'll get fixated on uh, very innocuous parts of the a story. He'll tell a story and get fixated on very, you know, unimportant parts of the story. Yes. <laughs> and that is a big problem of his. And uh, now every time he does it, 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 it puts me in stitches every time he does it. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and it's like, you know, he, he's about to talk about that fight great and he sets it up, heart of a warrior. You can tell he's about to go into one of his raw, raw talks, which look. That's, it's part of the appeal. That's the Teddy Atlas I know and love. That's, that's kind of why we're there, yes? Yeah. But you, you got to pick your spots. You know, he, he spent 20 minutes talking about some Duke versus Gonzaga, Jamangelo basketball game. Look, I'm sorry. That's not the spot for a rah-rah heart talk. It's a fucking basketball game. Well, he said they're warriors too. No, they're not. They're not <laughs> warriors. They're borderline degenerates. And... You know, it, it's fine to watch and cheer and to maybe gamble, but let's not fucking take our hats and kneel for this shit. And he just, it, 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 look, it didn't warrant a 20-minute rah-rah talk. That This wasn't the moment. I, I would like to talk to Teddy Ellis, and I want to get him to admit, or not, he doesn't have to admit anything. I just want to ask him, what do you think? That I know, you know you're giving the same speeches, and you're talking as highly of these fighters, of Carl Frampton and Jim Hunt, you're talking as highly of them as you talked about the actual greats of Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, because he did the same thing for those guys. You're talking to them like they're equal. I would just want to ask him, do you think they're equal? Or you, what I think is happening is he's just going with what he has to work with. You know, that, you know, there is no Roy Jones. I can't just shit on it every day like we do. You know, this is, this is the life he got into. So I think he's just working with what he has. But I would like to ask him, you, you don't think these guys are on the same level. You admit that the, there's been a decline across the board in boxing, right? I would like to know how he feels about it because certainly, you know, I, I, I still think he's a very uh, wise. He has a lot of wisdom in, in regards to boxing and life probably. 
But uh, I think he, I would like to know what he thinks about because you agree with me that the boxing quality is is shit. It's horrible. That's not gone down a little bit. It's gone down a lot. It's gone down a lot. It's gone gone down by magnitude. You know, and yeah. and when we're watching uh, again. Who are these guys? Jamal Herring. Jamal Herring. Carl Frampton. Okay, is it Jamal? Jamel? Jamel? What what Jamel. is the name? That's Jamel. Jamal. But it's okay. Jamel. But you say whatever you want. All right. He's not here. He's not listening. All right. Jongolo Herring versus. Uh, Carl Frampton, you, you know, and okay, look, for every fight, there's a narrative, you, you know, and that's kind of what gets you hyped, what, what gets you sucked into it. That's but what you have to do. You admit that is what you have to do to sell fights. Sure, you know, but Teddy Ellis is not, he, you know, he, he talks about it like he's cut from a different cloth, and I like him, and I believe he is. But, but he spun the narrative after this fight that Jamel Herring had, had finally redeemed himself. And it's like, you know, that was not possible against Frampton. He didn't redeem himself. You, you can't redeem yourself when, when the fight gets announced. Everybody knows exactly what's going to happen, and then exactly that happens. This was not a risky fight at all. This was an incredibly safe fight. And, yeah, I know he looked great knocking out the five foot three Frampton, you know, who was 20 pounds uh, bigger than his best days. <laughs> I, but I'm sorry. You don't win any extra points for me. You did it. Great. You got it done. Good. You didn't get it, but it meant shit. And to pretend it did – it's just a disservice to everybody. You know, for uh, 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 the, D, the D-Town Hitler, we are, are, you know, we're embarking on that in that same career. We're going to go down the same path, ideally, as a Jamel Herring or any of these other fires. Not, not the exact same path, but I'm saying, you know, we, we want to be where they are. And, uh, I, you know, I hope if, we, if I do make it to those levels, I hope you're as honest with me as you are with these guys because, you know, you don't seem to give anyone any credit. Now, hey, now let, me cut, let me cut in right there. I hope, no, no, actually, go ahead. I hope finish what you want to say. Finish what you want to say. I hope you keep that same energy with me because uh, you know I find it refreshing, and I do agree with you. And I think I would assume all of us deep down feel the same way that look, Carl Frampton. Not only is he three weight classes away from his best fights, he's like four years past his best fights. He hasn't looked good in years. He's been win win one lose one win one lose one for several years now. And this was his only foyer into this division, his first and last fight, and he retired after this fight. And then, you know, anyone who's being honest, I think, would say, look, Carl Frampton, not saying maybe you would have always beaten Carl Frampton. You certainly were always bigger than him, and, you know, you always had the physical advantages over him. But you not only did you have that, you fought the worst version of Carl Frampton that there probably ever was in terms of his professional, since he's been a star, you know. So yeah. In terms of his prime, you fought him at his lowest point. And you always had, you know, major physical advantages over him. Not saying, but who knows what would have happened. But to say you beat, you know, Carl Frampton, it's a career defined. It's not really. It's not. I mean, it probably is a banner moment for him in the scope of his in Jamel Herring's career. He doesn't have that just. But that just means you don't have very many banner, you know, big time wins. This was a big time win just because of, you know, basically just because of one fight. Carl Frampton won four years ago, which was against Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah. That was in 2016. That was five years ago. But yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, when, when we get those moments, I'm sure there's going to be some questionable things like that, and there's going to be narratives. And, and I want you to keep that same energy. Oh, I wonder if let let me get in right because, there. Well, let me last thing. I'm just saying because I'm assuming we all feel that way. The only people who don't feel that way is probably Jamel Herring and the people in his camp probably do legitimately and shit maybe teddy atlas does too i don't know maybe there are people that no, everybody that thinks that i think I, I think we're losing it man i think i think we're the last of a dying breed i think a lot of people are drinking the kool-aid 
less people are watching. You got people that aren't watching, and, and then you got the autists who are, and they're drinking the Kool-Aid. I think that's what we have here. But, but no, let me cut in, you know, right there. What I want to say about that was, you know, have your father and I ever been the one to, uh, uh, to put it lightly to you? No, not, not yet. We've rained all over your parade before the parade even got started. <laughs> 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 yeah, We've yeah. destroyed your victories before you even uh, could fucking uh, take that first sip of water after the fight. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you knew how yeah. we are feeling round by round, you know, and, and, yeah. and almost to a fault. And, you know, maybe definitely to a fault. But no, we, we, we've we never cut it lightly with you before and, and we're never going to in the future. If you ever fight some I shitter like that, I, I, I'm going to tell you before and tell you after, Diego, you, not only do you got to win this, it means nothing. <laughs> we, we don't know anything so. about you when you're done with this. I hope so, because you know what? It, it, it's easy to say that when the fights we're doing. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit harder when it's but and I agree it's the same thing. It's easy to say that. It'll be easy to say that when I'm fighting, you know, uh, you know, Jose Juan Pablo in Tijuana. It'd still be easy to say. But when it's for the world title and you win the world title, and it, it could still be true that you know you did fight a meaningless, worthless and that Diego, yeah. If you sure. win your title against a uh, a forty year old Jerome Harris, I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna say, Look, I'm glad you got a title, I'm glad you got paid, but that don't mean <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, you, we, we both know, right? And here's the difference. What separates oh, I would you, tell you that, it, you know, if it would still, I would say, you know, in the history will show that I was a world champion. But, yeah, I would admit that, you know, if you do any digging, it was not the hardest path to the title. Here's but, the difference, uh, and this is for all the listeners out there. Here's the difference with you and everybody, with you and the 99, all the other boxers. Not only do you bring a unique skill set, not only do I, I truly believe in what you bring to the table. Not only do I truly believe that you can fucking uproot and flip the table over, what makes you different is that you are cognizant of what this really is. You are self-aware. Okay? Yeah, I exist outside the matrix. You exist outside of the matrix. You know what this is. Look, when fucking Genghis Khan went over there and destroyed the Chinese, when he went into the Middle East and wreaked havoc, when he went into India and severed heads, is it true that maybe there was more rainfall at that time than it had ever been before, right? Maybe there was more green pastures for his horses to trot on than there had ever been before, right? And maybe the, the, the Chinese, even though they were so sophisticated, maybe they were so weak. They were, they were so weak by being just complacent. Yeah. Everything was ripe for the picking. That doesn't make it any less important, okay? Yeah. It's not your fault that this is the state of the game, but it is, and we're going to take advantage of it. And what, what separates you is that you realize this is the weakest time it's ever been. Yeah. I, a lot I, of these guys, Jerron Ennis and Shermangelo Hewis, you know, and whoever all these other people are, they really do think they're the shit. You know, these Adrian Broners, maybe he, I think actually he is probably cognizant at this point. You know, at he, this he, point, yeah, in his yeah. older age, is 36. But now, these Errol Spences and everybody else, you know, the, 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 the fucking Danny Garcias, they all really do think they're unique, and they all really do think that they are the shit, and they really do think it means a lot when they knock out Rod Salko in 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We well, know it doesn't. They're all eventually going to go the way of Adrian Broner. Eventually, uh, yeah, I believe Adrian Broner has settled down and realizes, yeah, you know, I'm – his big goal. Look, look at the Charlos. Both of those guys probably really think they're fucking unique. They probably really think that, that, that they have what it fucking takes, and they don't. And it's their fault, but, you know, it's boxing's fault, too, because at a certain point, you have Teddy Atlas making these videos, and he says they're unique, too. So, you know, I mean, someone who, and I'm not being mean, but someone who already has a low, who's already gullible, who already barely graduated high school, 
who already doesn't know much. If you have, you know, Teddy, if you have all the boxing pundits uh, saying that, oh, this guy is special and he is unique and he is something we've never seen before, you know, why not believe it? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's why, yeah, I'm sure those Charles believe it. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Jamel Herring believes it. Uh, I'm sure Spence believes it. I'm sure Anthony Joshua, I'm sure Deontay yeah. Walter, all those guys believe that they're God's gift to boxing. But, I mean, obviously, that's not true. As obviously. long as you know it's not true, then, then you have a huge advantage when it gets in the ring. 28 and 0, yeah. father, son, daddy of Mayweather boxing, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know it's fake and Fugazi. And you know when your fucking knuckles cracking in their jaw and when that little look, when, you know, when they light up like a Christmas tree, you know, when they get the first glimpse that, oh, maybe none of this is real, uh, <laughs> you'll know it, you know. I've already seen it a few times, man, and it's, it's, I'm not lying. And this is a shoot, and I'm looking at the guy right now telling him this is, this is a shoot. We're going off YouTube. Good. Um, well, it has happened a few times. It's the best feeling in the world when you see the guy. Yeah, his, his face changes. He starts – is not even – maybe he's not even tired. Maybe we've only been boxing for a minute and a half. But his mouth opens wide. And, yeah, it's fucking the best feeling in the world to see a guy, just his spirit leave him. That, oh, I didn't know someone – I didn't know this could happen. I, I didn't know this was possible. And I've already seen it a few times on some guys that really thought they were the shit and now are going back to the drawing board thinking, oh, I've got a lot of work to do. Little do they know that, you know, there's no amount of work you can do. You just never had it, man. You just never were as good. You'll never be as good as, you know, it's, I've, I think I've changed some lives, for real. I think. I, you know, what, I'm going to go as far as you've saved some lives because you probably kept Maybe. a lot of people from wasting a lot of time. Uh, let's move it along real quick. Actually, I'm saying move it along. I want to talk about one fight that happened a couple weeks ago, too, and we'll keep this real quick. I'm talking about Jerron Ennis versus Sergey Lipinitz. We touched Same on it just, night, I think, as the, the previous fight we just talked about. Okay, great. Uh, look, Jerron Ennis – Looked nice. He looked flashy. He looked good. He looked like everything that a 2017 black boxer in America is, you know, just the, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. What's your archetype? Is he supposed to be outboxing people? You know, he didn't really. Yeah, I guess he outboxed. He outscored. But he, he, he didn't control anything for long periods of times. He didn't shut anybody down. Is he supposed to be a power guy? Well, it's the you, new style of boxing that he has kind of that um, a lot of guys have that you can, that Errol Spence has, that Caleb Plant has, that a lot of these new, it's this new wave. And now it's not even the new wave. It's like you look up and all of a sudden, the, yeah. you know, millennials were the new wave and you look up all of a sudden and shit, millennials are not the new wave. Millennials are like, that's the, that's the status quo. Now it's a Gen Z. So those guys were the new wave. Now they're just the regular, but he's of that ilk of good solid boxing and moderate power punching but it's nothing yeah it's in the no it's area like you, you didn't boxing. shut yeah. him down you don't right? excel anywhere you're just solid boxing and if you make someone pay it's a solid pop but it's not anything that we can't take for six rounds no one's getting one punch knockouts you know that, that that's what i want to say it's like okay so you, you didn't pitch a shutout you, you didn't complete and look i know he dominated him and in fucking i i get it well yeah. you should i mean you're four inches taller and you sure know, yeah bigger you may as well but but you didn't pitch a shutout. You didn't fight the perfect fight, you know, in, in a boxing sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, you got, I guess, a, a knockout, but you hit the guy a thousand times cleanly, as hard as you could, you know, and he ran into it, and you still couldn't knock him out. So I wouldn't say it was a great knockout performance either. Uh, defensively, look, you got timed a lot. Luckily, the guy, you know, was seven inches smaller than you, and he's 15 pounds smaller than you. You know, so even though he perfectly timed these overhands, you know, that fucking caught you flush over and over. Yeah, I get it. it had no effect. But that's not going to be the same against a guy that's of your size. That's even yeah. approaching your skill level. It's not going to be the same. So, so okay, you didn't have a great defensive performance. You didn't control him and shut him down in a boxing sort of way. And you, and you really didn't blast him out because you threw everything you had and he took it all for about – until he didn't take it anymore. It just – I just – 
it, it's just what a 2017 boxing performance is. Okay, yeah, it looks great in a highlight reel, but what did you really do? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's, that's that. Look, if he would have went in there and, and took him out in a round, I would say, oh, yeah, that's impressive. Oh, okay. That yeah, was impressive, yeah. I, I don't know how good he really was because that's what he should have done. But, yeah, it was impressive, you know. He beat the Russian yeah. kickboxer, you know, who's tough. Uh, yeah, he's that, small. Okay, he beat him in two minutes. Good. Yeah, I didn't learn anything. I didn't know what that means. You didn't get pushed. Look, you got a guy like Terrence Crawford, right? And, and, and no, he hasn't won every fight, 120 to 118. But he's not been pushed by anybody. He's never had a reach in that tool bucket, you know. And the guy is 44 years old now. Like, <laughs> you know this about everyone's fate. There are still some talents in boxing, and I, sure. And, and, and everyone that John Annis, he, he, he's moderate. You know, there are some moderately talented guys, but there are – I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking – there are, I, at least by my estimation, and I could be wrong. People, you know, I'm getting proven wrong on this every day, more and more it looks like. But um, there are some talents in boxing. He still exists within the matrix. But uh, I think a guy like Terrence Crawford is actually very talented and could be really good. Sure. Yeah, I don't think he's had the big test. But I think, you know, you're just watching him fight. I don't, you know, it would be a hard fight for anybody, I think. And he's not even that big of a guy. You can give him bigger guys. I don't think size matters. I think he's talented. I think that in a way that, that Japanese, the little guy, I think he's really talented. He hits very hard. I think the Lomachenko is really talented. There's a few guys in boxing yeah, that I yeah. do think could be really good. But they, you know, I still think they all exist within the matrix. They're all still playing. They're all caring about their Twitter followers. No, and I just don't want- see any of them. So many of these guys now, you know, I, I get that you, you can have your first 10 fights for free, but so many of these guys, they're in the, the game a decade of being a top boxer, and we never even see them pushed. We never even see them have to really – I don't know. It's like, you know, it's hard to evaluate these guys because you rarely ever get to see their ceiling. You know, Errol Spence, we kind of saw him really get pushed in the fight against uh, Sean Porter, you know. For good or for bad, we saw him get pushed. And against Kell Brook to a lesser extent. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, yeah, that, that's a great point, you know. And there's asterisks by both those guys. You know, I, I don't think either of those guys are truly elite, but they're really good now in, in current day boxing. But it's like Terrence Well, Kell was coming off of a knockout loss to Glove, getting his face shattered by Glovekin in this Yeah, everything fight. has an asterisk by it oh, now. Yeah. You know, everything yeah. has to be as safe as possible. You, you got Canelo going up against uh, Billy Joe Saunders in a couple of weeks, and stylistically, that's an interesting fight. But it's not really. Yeah, yeah, it's not actually an interesting fight. <laughs> no you know and it's just that's just what we're always being served you know when is the last time that canelo really had to reach into the toolbox and try things i I guess it was golovkin and against the aging golovkin he fought an even fight both fights i'm you know whoever you scored for they were equals to each other he he has reached into his toolbox a few more times than than the average fighter which it's you know it sucks because if you you know you go back to the 90s i mean that was that was happening once a year, you know, the top guys were having really hard fights, but he's done it a little bit more than everyone else, which isn't to say much, but you know, against Laura, he had a really hard fight and I think he had to dig down. That's true. No, that's a good, that's a good point. He's had a lot of great favorable matchmaking, but he's also had some kind of fights that were like, Oh, that could be semi risky, you know, but. And he's been on the, the, the good end of a lot of, you know, he's been the beneficiary of a lot of, you know, decisions and things like that, that I could have lost that fighter. I, you know, I don't know. You know, so he's and he, of course, against Mayweather, uh, he was he got completely shut out and, and embarrassed against an aging Mayweather. So you know, I, again, that that just shows to goes to show you the two different generations. But Mayweather, let's shift gears a bit. 
uh, unless you have something else to say about boxing, I want to start talking about MMA for just a bit, you know, and then no, we'll wrap it up MMA. and we'll go home. Uh, look, I, I've been wanting to say this for a couple of uh, months now, and I feel like we haven't been able to. I don't like Kamara Usman, and I don't like uh, – who's the other black guy? Tyron Woodley? No, 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 of, of the middleweight division. Uh, it is Thompson, Adesanya. Yeah, Adesanya. I, I don't like Izzy, right? But I respect mm-hmm. both of those guys at this point. Uh, you know, I loved Izzy's last fight going up against there against Jan Blakovich, right? Yeah. You have him. He's brave enough to go up 20 pounds and fight the champ, you know? Okay, yeah, he gets said beat. he didn't even do anything with his diet. Yeah, and he lost, but he, he was smaller, noticeably, I thought, too. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. You know, look, he got beat. And he, he got beat fairly, I, I do think, in an academic way. I, I think thought he, he lost. lost. I watched it. I thought he lost. I thought he lost, but he didn't embarrass himself. He didn't get his ass kicked, and he, and he showed he was the there. Time. And Jan Blackwitz needed to absolutely steal and ha- needed to have a couple of brilliant moments to take those rounds, and he did. You know, yeah. but I loved his attitude after the fight. You know, this isn't a guy I like. I don't have anything in common with him or his people. I'll never cheer for him, but I We're respect him. We're talking about New Zealand. Yeah, we're talking about New Zealand, of course. Yeah, good, good save there. New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, nothing in common with New Zealand. And uh, but, uh, anyway, I, I just respected. Oh, uh, interesting fact about his about New Zealanders. Yeah, their crime statistics are very similar to our crime statistics, even though you know their past and our you know our historical pasts are actually quite different. Yeah, and some of the and I'm not saying I'm not I'm just saying certain groups you know they're, they're represented. Um, in crime stats, are actually well, equal to the United States. I'll go as far as to say that there's not a country <laughs> in existence right now or ever before where that wasn't the case. But oh, whatever. Pretty interesting. Pretty yeah, interesting. that's just interesting. Just a little tidbit. But but no, uh, I, look, I just really respect Izzy. He said after that, look, yeah, okay, I lost. I dared to be great. So what? You know, he was kind of like talking to the haters. Okay, I lost. Big deal. And then that's exactly that's how, how to approach be, yeah. it. it be, yeah. So what? Oh well. Yeah, I respect the hell out of it, and I like that. Yeah, and then look, Kamara Usman, I don't like the guy, but you know he's getting a lot of shit for yeah. fighting Masvidal, and it's like you know what? Okay, it's not a big deal that he's fighting Masvidal again because he's already he's fighting contender after contender. He fought Colby Covington, right, and and then he fought Gilbert Burns, who was like the next hottest guy at the time. He fought Masvidal. Now he's rematching Masvidal, and he's gonna fight again. Colby, whoever wins tonight is gonna fight Colby Covington. It's like yeah, and he's fighting the top goes with all the top guys. Yeah, man. Uh, I just respect it. It's so refreshing. Yeah, that look, he's the champ. Like that, and that's nothing. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's oh, he's never been tested. When when you really see him reaching into the tool belt, and you're talking about Terrence Crawford. Oh, he unified the division. Oh, who do he do it against? Oh, I don't know, some guy I've never heard of him before. Never heard of him since. There's nothing like that with uh, Kamar Usman. It really is like he's the fucking he's the man, dude. He's the man. Yeah. He's the number one guy. Who and, and, you, and, and that goes him, back to my. That goes back to my argument for fascism, because when you have one dictator in control, it's, so, it's such a better product. When you got oh, the right yeah. guy at the helm, it's 10 times better. You know, UFC, any, any essentially MMA, but let's just say, you know, we're just, we're, we're calling MMA UFC, you know. We're not talking yeah. about Bellator, fucking Chael Sonnen versus Tito Ortiz, three or whatever. No, they, they have some good, you know. They sure, good- but, but the UFC, you know, you can pretty much use that synonymous with MMA, um, especially in this year. Uh, Look, it's so much better by being ran by one guy. Yeah. Well, look, dude, uh, if you want to talk about Bellator, I, I, I think about this a lot. But you remember Michael Venom Page, right? Yes. You know about him. Yeah. How long have you known about him? Maybe five, six years. 
okay, if this was boxing and it's been five, six years and he was a boxer, he still wouldn't have had a bit. He still wouldn't have no. not fought in a serious fight. Dude, no. Michael Vernon Page has already been put through the ringer. He's not going against wrestlers. Let's put him up against wrestlers. He's already actually been knocked the fuck out because they matched him too hard. They don't, they don't sit on anybody. I like that in Bellator. They don't build up any prospects. They get someone good. They put him in there immediately. They remember you remember Aaron Pico how he was going to be he's a yeah, golden yeah, yeah. level boxer. Oh yeah, wrestler. he got fucking weeded out. Yeah, he got weeded out immediately. They fucking did him immediately, and they got KO'd. Let's try one more time against a similar style. Got KO'd again. It's like oh, oh, well, there you go. There. I mean, Look, if that was boxing, he would still he would maybe already he maybe already have a title belt, but he would still not have fought anyone. And, and here's the great thing with that when you when you do that, like I don't think any less of MVP, even though he got knocked out by who, who was it that knocked him out? The uh, the, the pit bull, the Diego Ferreira, or the no. Douglas Lima, Doug Lima. Yeah, Lima. Yeah, Lima. Lima, Lima. I don't think any worse of MVP that he got knocked out by Lima. Okay, I kind of know where his ceiling is, but maybe he can improve, you know. And it's the same way. Look, if your boxing career comes and goes, and let's say we're blessed enough that that you're able to fight for 10, 15 years, you know, really have a full career. If you come out of it undefeated, well, I don't know. That likely means you weren't challenged. Yeah, you know, and that's no fun anyways. You know, yeah. what do you want to do? You want to make money. You want to win a title. But is there some part of you, Diego, are you any different? Is there some part of you that wants to know how bad you really are? Yeah, legitimately. Uh, it makes me think of this. When you were, right when you were saying that, I was thinking, you remember when uh, – I'm sure every little kid does this. When I was a little kid, we used to play the fighting games, the UFC games, yeah. and I would always make sure I was undefeated. Like, oh, I'm never going to lose. I'll play it on the easy mode. I'll just play it on yeah, easy yeah. mode. Make sure – and I don't play video games very much anymore, but any video game I do play, even if it's a fighting game or whatever, dude, I always play it on the hardest possible mode just because that's fun. And if I, you know, if I can do as good as I can, I'll do as good as I can. But every, any game I play now, obviously I play it on the hardest possible mode, just like I'm sure, you know, you do most – most people do because yeah it would be it's worthless yeah i think to never get challenged you, you want to know how good you are how good everyone else is we have this theory that boxing is a, at its lowest point of all time and now we have a very unique opportunity that we we firsthand get to test it you know we've talked shit about a few years and now we get to fucking see firsthand look man it's 2021 you know how it is uh look my wife has been watching a lot of anime which kind of means i'm watching more anime and i will say that the ones i'm watching taking interest in are very atypical and and you got to be a real fucking freak to like it but she, she likes some of the more popular ones you know uh, uh, but still even in this you know you, you typically get these stories right of there, there's a guy who needs to be stronger to beat another guy you know yeah. and you just get some like what I think are kind of powerful moments that are obvious, but I, I just feel like boxing is missing that, you know, there, there's one, one of the shows she's watching, maybe one punch man. I, I think, I don't know who it was. Right. But, but somebody is going to find some monster, you know, in this. Well, monster. Me, I want you to continue the story. Hang on. Yeah. I'm going to say we're past an hour. One Oh two right now. It's fine. We're going to bring it home. Soon. Yeah. So just wait, if it dies, it dies, but continue the story for me and for the viewers. And then when you're done, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, there's just this real powerful moment or maybe it's a silly moment, but it just resonated with me. And it reminds me of what's missing from boxing and what I hope you have. But one of the guys just looks at this monster who's probably going to fuck him up. You know, this, this hero is not strong enough, but he looks at the guy and he's like, it's not about wins and losses. It's just about me taking you on right now. Cause he just wants to be pushed. Like, let's fucking see what I can do. I've been training. I've been leveling up. I don't care if I win. I don't care if I lose. I just want to fucking get it on, you know? Yeah. And yeah. uh, there's another anime I, I was watching. There's another line, and it just makes me think of boxing, you know, in competitive spirit. But this guy is, is going off, you know, and this girl's talking to him, you know, and she was like, you know, if you go out there, you're probably going to die. 
and, you know, why are you doing this? And, you know, whatever he's about to approach, whatever danger, he looks at her and he, and he tells her that, look, I'm not going out there to die. I'm going out there to find out if I'm really alive. Yeah, I really like and that. And nobody is fucking about that today. You know, in MMA, yeah. when you're forced to, when Dana White is signing the fights, you're, you're seeing who can fucking cut it. And the audience recognizes that, and we don't care when a guy loses. No, we don't. We want if to he loses him, yeah. too much and we just see, okay, he's not good, then, then fine. Yeah, eventually he gets scrapped to the side. But, okay, he shouldn't have been there. But everybody else is like, no, we don't think anything differently of you because you lost. Yeah, we know you're a tough guy. because. But, but it's when you keep the straw going for 15 years and the first real guy you fight, you lose. Then it's like, all right, we'll get the fuck out of here because you were never oh, anything. Mocked, you know? Yeah, I don't know how tough you really are. You never fought a tough guy in your life. So I don't know if you're – I don't know if you're – if I, I slapped you across the face in a bar, you do anything. I don't know who, but you know, in the UFC, you know, those guys are tough guys. You know, they're real bad motherfuckers because I mean, they're really about it. And boxing, it's, it's full of phony and fakes. And it's full of- last thing I want to talk about. You still there? All right. I think we've lost the res and that's okay. We, we, we knew his time was limited. I, I want to wrap it up with this. There's a, there, there's a fight tonight, man. Masvidal versus Usman. Okay, and I just want to get my thoughts out there, uh, out in the ether about it. Obviously, in the first fight, Usman dominated Masvidal. Yes, he, 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 he won. He controlled the pace. You know, it was a rout. And, and here we are just several months later, and they're going to have a rematch. And, and it's really easy to think the same thing is going to happen again. Yeah. And look, I, I know everybody's talked about, oh, last time Masvidal only had six days to prepare, and this time he has a full training camp. You know, that, that could all be Fugazi. I, I don't know how in shape Masvidal actually was. Maybe he knew he would be called up. I, I, I don't know. But I, what I want to say is this. You, you got two things going on right now. One, you got Usman is he's slowing down. This is a wrestler who's had to rely on striking for quite a while now. And this is a wrestler who's been battling injuries over the last several years, you know, that's, that's why he hasn't fought very consistently. You know, it's knee problems, it's ankle problems, it's this, it's that. And wrestling is very taxing. It might be the most taxing form of combat. You know, very rarely do you see guys into their mid-30s and early 40s still shooting, exploding for takedowns. It, they usually just become stand-up fighters. And I, I feel like Usman, you know, he had this career, this nice win streak in the UFC where he was just taking guys down. And now, instead of taking guys down, he's holding them up against the cage, or he's just straight up having a stand-up fight with him. And that's just not what brought him to the dance. And if I were with Masvidal's team, right, if I were Masvidal's trainer, I would be really excited to, to have this rematch. You know, it'd almost be like a, a D-Raz, right? If, if I was training him, you know, and, and we had a fight that we lost, you know, but we didn't lose because we got knocked out or we got our ass kicked or we were just dominated, humiliated. We lost because of a technique, you know. Masvidal lost against Usman because he couldn't get Usman off of him. Usman would just clinch him and hold him up against the cage and kind of control him like that. You know, it's just a technique, you know. And if D-Raz got outboxed over the course of 12 rounds, you know, maybe it was because the guy was coming in very close and throwing really short, tight punches. And D-Raz was always winding his punches back, you know. And this one technique, this one rock, paper, scissors, uh, uh, reason was the why D-Raz lost or maybe it was because of stiff jab you know he really got jabbed he had his moments he won some rounds but the jab really uh won his opponent to fight and then we got a rematch several months later I'd be really excited because I would say you know what D-Raz you, you didn't get your ass kicked you didn't get knocked out you lost because of one technique just like Masvidal man you lost because you couldn't 
separate from the clinch enough. You know, you lost because this guy just held you against the cage. It's one clear thing. And, and if you just take away that one thing, you have a different fight. You know, I know it's never been Masvidal's strength, but if he can just fix this one little kink, then, then we have a different fight to watch tonight. And look, it's real easy to say that Usman is just going to do the same thing that we already saw him do, and he very well might. But it, it is going to be interesting because as long as Masvidal can just use a little bit more footwork, as long as he can just pick his moments of scramble and reset in that clinch, you know, if we have a straight-up stand-up fight like Usman's been having, Masvidal should win. We'll see. Uh, those are my thoughts on the fight. I, I don't know when we're going to get another one in. It, it, it's whenever we can. Uh, until then, peace out. Bye. Oh, my little girl. All I ever wanted, all I ever needed is here.